0: Today's episode is sponsored by Ava. Stop missing hot leads when you're out with a client or spending time with friends and family. Ava is a professional inside sales team and will respond to and nurture leads 24-7. And you step back in when the leads are ready to talk to an agent. Visit rerodcom forward slash Ava to learn more. Again, that's reraw.com forward slash A-I-V-A. Looking to take you and your real estate business to the next level? You're in the right place. Laying foundations for real estate success? This is the No Fluff, No BS podcast about real estate. For real estate agents and other industry professionals looking to up their game unfiltered short-form sales meetings, interviews with agents from every walk of life, and ramble sessions about everything real estate. Welcome to a new mindset. You are listening to RERAW. And now, introducing your host, James Ha. What's going on out there, RERAW Nation? I'm here with Anthony Pirro. What's up, guys? I don't know if you recognize the name. Yeah, live and in person. Dude, like... What the fuck are you coming back here for all the time? I, I'm a sucker for pain. I mean, for real, right? <laughs> it's not like we're eating, like, I don't know, like, hot sauce all day and stuff like that, right? <laughs> you just come back for the the debauchery? Or is this, like, your yeah. excuse to drink or what? Yeah, <laughs> It's mo Mostly the latter of the two. Mostly the latter of the two. Oh, I appreciate <laughs> your eyes. It sure as shit is in the company. That's for damn sure right there. But uh, hey, folks, uh, thank you guys very, very, very much for tuning in. Uh, hopefully, you've been following the episodes prior, and uh, I'm very, 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 very grateful for uh, all of you who have been tuning in and listening to uh, the sales meeting meetings and the agent interviews. Um, got Anthony Pirro here joining us for a ramble session. Um the only thing I want to say right now is make sure that you head over to reraw.com. dot com, check over the the website so you can get a feel for other episodes. You can see all of our show notes, all of our resources, tech yep. tips, tricks, all the fun stuff that we talk about on the show, whether all it's this episode shit. or anything else. It's like it's there for you. Uh, some of it's free, some of it you pay for. I'm not making money on it. It's just uh, actually I'm making money on it. Some of it's affiliate links, but like it's not my product necessarily. Uh, But anything that is an affiliate link, I actually use in my own business. Like my team, my real estate team uses. So it's like legit shit. Uh, Anyway, so check that out. And then on a quick tangent, um, offering some coaching opportunities. Had uh, a huge demand for this, taking on coaching clients, not taking on everybody. Because to be honest with you, some of us aren't just a good fit. So... If you're interested in coaching and you think that you'd be entertained or engaged in the content that I provide, then hit me up. I'm not just in this to take your money. Uh, I'm turning people away that I don't think I would be able to add value to, or that I don't think would benefit from the the structure. I I think I'm a little bit different of a cat. I don't know. It's a little weird sometimes.
1: Yeah, you know, but you know, that's uh, one in a million.
0: Yeah, maybe two. Maybe, <laughs> may I mean, maybe two. one in one in billion. One in a billion uh anyway so yeah so if you're interested in coaching or i uh, would like some more personal attention want to do a deeper dive on your stuff and you've been intrigued by the show then uh, feel free to hit me up it's james at rerod.com or you can go right through the website hit me up on one of the contact forms and if nothing else that you do share this with a colleague um tell one of your friends somebody that you hate working with to uh to listen to the show because hopefully those are the ones that are you know coming on and benefiting so anyway with no further ado I rolled the red carpet out. We've got Anthony here from the Big Bad Bank. Thanks for having me back. Always. I don't know why I keep having you back. Fucking maybe nobody maybe it's because nobody else will talk to me. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe I shouldn't have you back anymore because everyone's gonna be like, Oh that motherfucker, nobody wants to talk to him.
1: Well maybe it's because nobody will listen to me and that's why I like to come here well said. Yeah, so you know, it could be I, either of us. Maybe like nobody'll listen to you, so you've got me. Yeah, exactly. And I can't fucking get anybody else to come on the show, so I've got you. I just want I just want 1500 people to hear my voice.
0: Is it that many? It is now. Wow. My stats showed 7. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just talking with you guys. Oh man. Well, I appreciate you coming in today, man. I'm sure we got plenty to ramble about. How's uh how's business going? How's the week been? I you know I got no complaints, rocking and rolling. Things are going great. Um, yeah. That's so all do I got. I, I, I want to ask you a question about appraisals. Because uh, I kind of feel, I mean, I don't know. It's, I kind of feel like it's your fault. You know? like <laughs> yeah, Always like blame the loan officer, guys. It's always anything that goes wrong. Bad inspection, call the loan officer. <laughs> like, like, whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. No, but for real, like, so uh, appraisals are unique to me, and and I'm gonna throw something at you because this this actually came up in the last week. I had someone contact me from Los Angeles, actually, uh, to to pay attribute to my team member. I had someone contact one of my team members from LA. Okay. And I'm lump- I'm looped into it because I'm the team lead, and this person has been trying to sell their house for four million plus oh, wow. for over a year now. And about a year ago, they got an appraisal. I'm not going to use real numbers. Let's say the appraisal came in at four million. Yep. Okay. But they've had to drop their price as low as like 3.3, and they've still been wow. unsuccessful with selling the house. Now, what's interesting to me is the appraisal that they got a year ago was on basically a refi. Hmm. And now they're trying to sell it, and they can't get what they wanted you know, and they're like, well, we have ground to stand on because, you know, the appraisal came in at this price. Why can't the agents get it? Came in over four million. We can't even get three million for it. So what I want to do without, I don't know, like, I I don't know that there's a stigma one way or the other, but I wanted to talk to you about it because you're a loan officer, obviously, and we've got a couple Mm -hmm. different perspectives here. What's the deal with What's the deal with an appraisal on a refi versus a purchase? Are they different, and in, in your opinion, if so, how?
1: Well, I have to is say that it's actually I have the different experience as far as they're different in regards to a purchase appraisal tends to always come in miraculously at asking really? or or above. That that's my experience. Um, that's here in the the L.A. Orange County area, but the reason being is because when it comes to refinances, appraisals are, are appraisers. Excuse me, appraisers are very gun shy because they don't want to recreate the mortgage meltdown.
0: Nobody on a refinance or on a purchase on
1: a refinance.
0: That's really interesting.
1: Now, when it comes, I have to say though, when it comes to the market you're talking about, a $4 million and a $3 million, you know, a $4 million home it, it is very unique in regards to, you know, the appraisal is always an opinion of value, as, you know, and that's why in LA, in LA of, of all places, you know, it, it can always be what one can view as, as an appropriate value. I, you
0: know, I, I guess that's kind of interesting you're saying that because I have had almost the exact opposite experience where I found that appraisals on a refi seem to be more forgiving. Hmm. And I've had a lot of appraisals on purchases coming in lower than expected in, in the, uh, in well, this case, obviously it doesn't seem to be that way. So maybe you win. Damn it. Uh, but I guess, I, I don't know. It's just, I, I guess, I guess the, the overall thing I'm trying to figure out is, is, why are they different or are they different? I think they're different
1: and I don't know. I And this, <clears throat> if any appraisers listening, please contact us at 323-369. Uh, three, 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 <laughs> we would like to have you on the show. We want to hear hear your perspective yeah, I'm gonna, as I well. Actually,
0: yeah, and that's a real thing, actually. If you, if you are an appraiser, we would love to have you on the show, actually. Because yeah. th- it would be great to ramble with you for a few minutes and understand this at a, at a higher scale what the expectations are of you. And and, and by the way, I, I want to preface with, well, maybe it's not prefacing because I'm on the tail end now. <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do? Uh, uh, I want to say that I don't think that anyone's trying to do screwy business. I actually legitimately think that one process is easier than the other. Like, a re- like for example, a refi, they've already got the house. Mm-hmm. So I personally, and in my experience, believe that the refi is like more likely to come in at a better number than anticipated because the appraiser kind of like, well, what the fuck are you looking for? You know what I mean? But where, see,
1: that, that, and that's the, where, the one part where, where I'm a, on the other end of the spectrum is.
0: Yep. I guess this okay. show's over.
1: Yeah, and this will never air. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but it but you know the the um the mortgage meltdown came from more or less refinances in regards to a oh, lot of those really? tra- well a lot of those transactions where everybody would buy a home 100% financing 6 months later it increased by 10%, another 6 months later it increased by 10% cuz back in that day we we were able to achieve, we were able to choose our appraiser and I would okay. call Mr. Smith and say, "Hey, I'm doing a loan for this. This is what we're, we're, we're needing for a value to get the loan done. It's not like that anymore. We are not allowed to talk to appraisers. We have to order our, our appraisals through third-party management systems who um, sends it out to a vendor for them to accept the order. Mm. I don't even get the appraiser's number until after the appraisal is done. So my point of saying that is that they got a lot more scrutiny for the whole part of when the mortgage meltdown happened, they were being influenced by loan officers in order to be able to get the values. Nowadays, they're a lot more gun-shy to bring it, on, bring it in at value on a refinance than on a purchase because of that, that whole um, view. Interesting. All right. I know. That's why I didn't like this topic.
0: Well – Maybe a joke. How do you make $2 million in real estate? Nah, I'm just kidding. I already fucked it up. How do you make a $1 million in real estate? How? You start out with $2 million. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, no joke. Hey, all kidding aside, I'm like the worst fucking joke teller on the face of the earth. So you'll notice I ruined the joke before I even popped into it. Uh, yes. Yeah, that's pretty much me. Hey, how
1: can, how can a woman make you a, mil- a millionaire? I don't know. By being a billionaire
0: first. (laughs) 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 Butting. Oh, man. So, what do we talk about next? What should we jump into? I feel like there's a lot we could talk about.
1: I like a sales topic.
0: A sales topic? Let's talk about negotiating styles. Let's talk about not negotiating in a transaction. Why don't we talk about the uh, the takeaway approach, my friend? Boom! Let's do it. Did you have that on your list? I did. I wrote it down. Damn! Look at that, man. I was ri- I was writing some things down, like you know, we could talk like random shit before the show, like, hey, what if this came up or that came up, and yeah, the take. You had that on your list. Uh, we you both had takeaway. I, it's a great topic. So, do you use it? Absolutely. Tell when, me how. When needed. Okay.
1: Give me an example. Um. Let's say, let's say it's a uh, a refinance transaction, right? Let's say. Um, is it
0: a refinance? Oh yeah, it's a and refi- I'm sorry, not an appraisal. Yeah, Never yeah. Mind, fuck it. Let's say it's a refinance. Cut it out. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Edit.
1: And cut. No. So you got to refinance. And and let's say the customer's like, you know what, Anthony? Three hundred and thirty dollars a month is enough savings for me. I don't think I'm going to do this right now. Okay. At, at that opportunity, you know it depending on how much caffeine I had that day um, I would either approach it in a very um, diplomatic customer service approach by saying, "Hey, you know what I understand maybe this may not be the right time for you um, and this is where the takeaway comes in mm-hmm. however, if I could save your your family or friends three hundred and thirty dollars a month, maybe they would be more interested in you." Do you know anyone who might be other than yourself? Hmm. Interesting. And the whole point is, is you take the pressure off, you take the pressure off because guess what? If somebody just wants to be resistant, that's fine. I'm not going to sit here and perform brain surgery on you and, 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 and need to sell you why you need to save $330 a month. But if I can do a takeaway and say, Hey, maybe this isn't for you, Mr. Smith, but maybe it's for your neighbor or, you know, your, your brother or anyone else, you know, why don't you turn me on to them?
0: Yeah. I, you know, I'll take it, um, maybe a different angle, Yeah, but I'll take it to the angle of, you know, you get somebody that comes into an open house and they're like, you know, not really interested in the property. Um, you know, I, you know, not really working with an agent, but don't know, don't really necessarily want to work with you kind of thing. Right. You kind of get like a bad vibe. And what I, what I like to do in those cases is, Hey, listen, you know, I think it's a great property, but you know, it doesn't sound like it's a good fit for you. Um, what have you been struggling to find? Oh, you yeah, know, we're looking for this and that and that, whatever. Right. And then you kind of take the approach of, well, I mean, I'd love to help you. Uh, I mean, if you've already got an agent, feel free to hit them up obviously. But if I could, if I could offer you nothing other than a second opinion, I'd, I'd be honored to be the first person you called for a second opinion. And I think just putting yourself in a position where you don't show that desperation speaks a lot mm-hmm. um, i think I think a lot of people are so used to so used to the sales pitch they're so used yeah. to you know in today's world especially like let's let's really kind of like break that down for a minute. How many times do you get calls from suspicious numbers during the week you know i ten times a week at least right? Like at least, and a lot of them are scam calls that are easy to identify, like these IRS calls, these other, Mm -hmm. you know, the, you know, we've got your child calls or the (laughs) seven warrants out for your arrest in a state you've never been to calls. Like, I don't even know if Wyoming's real. Anyway, (laughs) but I I guess my point is, is like, it's, you know, we're, the consumer has so much more access to things now. Mm -hmm. And I think we're all so used to trying to like oh the next great thing is this but what we what we don't realize is we're doing something that's been around for longer than our time mm-hmm. so you're we go to unique differentiators again your unique differentiator could be the takeaway that you know what actually um i'm totally not desperate for your business and why don't you give xyz a call and if you can't figure it out here's my number
1: yeah kind of nice and i think you're right because so many we we are so used to even me as being a consumer we're used to desperation of Mm -hmm. used to hey take you know take this for me for free or you know buy this for me because it makes sense this way we're so used to people shoving product or sales down our throats that the moment that you aren't doing that it raise it raises um uh curiosity Wait, so why aren't they so desperate?
0: Do you ever sit open houses with agents?
1: Absolutely not. Why not? Because it's not that's not the
0: that's not the answer I was expecting by the way. So I guess we'll we're going to go down that little rabbit hole for a minute. So
1: I I got to tell you why. I don't feel like it's a natural way to to build relationships with a realtor. Why? Well, what about with the consumer? Well, that's different. Okay. But I don't go into those open. I've never gone into those open houses trying to get consumers because I feel like I'm hunting on someone else's ground that I'm not
0: authorized to hunt on. Well said, very well said. And by the way, the consumer doesn't go into the open house thinking that I've never liked it. Should I should talk to a lender. You know, I admit I
1: I did that probably about four or five years ago, maybe about six years ago now. I didn't like it. It wasn't comfortable. It's not who I am as a person in regards to. I feel like I was imposing on somebody else's uh uh hunting ground or sales ground. Yeah. I didn't you, like it.
0: You have to have a very very deep understanding of the uh, other person's sales style to be able to make that successful. And where where I was going with that is you know there's a lot of loan officers that that sit open houses and I would I would guess or presume that they've heard a lot of agents who are really gung ho about selling the house they're in mm-hmm. and not understanding that the house they're in is not right for everyone.
1: Y- yeah, I so agree we with ta- that.
0: So talking about like, you know, talking about kind of like the takeaway approach, right? A lot of people take the approach of this has to be the right house for everybody that walks through the door. So they're afraid to pitch anything else. Mm-hmm. You know, and like, for example, let's say someone walks in and they're like, you know, we're really looking for a four bedroom. I know there's only three in a loft. And then the agent goes, yeah, but the loft could be easily converted into a bedroom.
1: I mean, that's,
0: yeah, it doesn't cost a lot of money, but like. But is that really what they're looking for? Is that what they're looking for? Well, you know, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. It's not really what we're looking for. And then the agent's like, yeah, but it doesn't really cost that much. I mean, look, let me just take you back upstairs. Let me just show you something really quick. And it's kind of like, then you get the, like, you probably all felt the eye roll from the other side of the microphone, right? It's like, (laughs) you, you get the fucking eye roll and they're like, God (laughs) damn it. I guess we're going back upstairs with this motherfucker now, you know, like now we have to, right. And so I, I almost feel like the, the takeaway approach, like understand when the client says no or the prospect, not a client, but when the prospect says no, you earn credibility And you can build rapport Mm -hmm. by saying, hey, you know what? Actually, um, I'm here to represent my seller's best interest, but I'll be honest. Maybe you're right. I've already done that, and it sounds like it's just not the right place for you. So now that I've represented their best interest by probing, Mm -hmm. and you've said, no, go fuck yourself, now I'd like to move to the next opportunity, which is... By the way, did you know about the plan two down the street that yeah, has was, the four bedroom? I was gonna say maybe
1: you have another uh, agent in the office or on your team. Yeah. Like, hey, you know what? Down over there on uh, five six four almond street, we do have a four bedroom. Yeah, you know that that would go that go further. And going back to the loan officer side is that you know, I I I don't understand. I truly don't why it's like this norm for loan officers just to go and impose themselves in someone else's open house. I've never understood yeah. that. You know, like, you know, if it's me and you, we've known each other, we've done transactions, you're like, hey, Anthony, I want you to come sit. Obviously, sure. you do that. But for you just to walk in someone else's territory and, and to kind of sit and, for for lack of better analogy, just go and, you know, pee, and cl- pee on the floor and claim your territory, w- is that really what you're trying to
0: accomplish? Well, and the other thing is, you know, the, the loan officer has to have a grasp on the industry as a whole, right? Right. But it's not really your job to know the intricacies of the home. Correct. And is it really, you know, a lot of times I think what agents do is they say, hey, I am doing an open house in this price point, which is really hot, and I could I could use an extra hand to answer questions. Mm-hmm. Is it your job as a loan officer to be answering those questions? The answer Absolutely is not. No way.
1: No way. I'm not qualified to do that. Yeah, but on top of that, I just don't understand why loan officers, other loan officers, feel like they can walk into an open house and just talk loan product to a real estate agent and feel like that's a productive way to build a relationship with that realtor. Why? Yeah. Like, why do you think that 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 works? That's like walking up to a girl at a bar and being like, hey. I have a Mercedes. You should come home with me.
0: Interesting. I mean, it's not really great stuff. <laughs> what would you take? Is Mercedes your go-to? No, I I drive a BMW. But wow, I can't really talk about that. <laughs> what do you drive? What do you? What's the?
1: I just got a little three series, just something easy. But I'm not trying to be, you know,
0: uh, see crazy. So the money man. You kind of you use it for show at all, or is it just like your personal preference? It's
1: my personal preference. That's to cool. a car. But my whole point of saying that, dude. Is the was... three
0: hugs, by the way, like it's oh. a it, it handles yeah. great.
1: It's a great car. They got great financing. Uh, Sterling BMW can send the check to three zero. No, <laughs> but what dude, I, I it's mean... going
0: to be weird when we start endorsing uh, <laughs> makers mark like with the vehicle. Like I don't <laughs> yeah. think we're are we allowed to do that?
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll be like makers mark BMW are our <laughs> number one and two sponsors. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Put your hands together or not. <laughs> <laughs> or <laughs> Uber is our number third, is <laughs> yeah. our number three sponsor. No, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know where we're going. I, I know I we're think... just recording, but it's just I really hate that aspect of, uh, of lending where well, I, I don't understand
0: it. So let's take it this way. Let's talk about adding value yeah you know because in in this particular case we're talking about a loan officer feeling like hey i can add value to an agent by being at their open house and an agent by the way seeing and feeling like the loan officer is adding value by being there yeah and the you know in the perfect situation what we're talking about is me the agent you the loan officer like here's the mentality right yeah Oh, hello there. Uh, Your name is what? Oh, hi, Adam. My name is James, and I'm with ABC Realty. And, oh my gosh, thank you so much for coming in today. Is this house everything you've been looking for and more? Well, that's great. Meet my buddy, Anthony. Anthony can actually get you qualified right here on the spot in the next 14 minutes and 37 seconds, (laughs) and you could fucking be pre-qualified to buy this here property. Does that sound great to you? Wonderful. But wait, there's more. (laughs) You see that beautiful carport over there? That's got your name written all over it. And I didn't even tell you that, but you know what I mean? Like the, I guess the whole point is is you've got you've got to understand what a true value add is. Mm-hmm. And I and I think actually you and I've rambled about this a little bit before where you know, we talk about getting a you know, leading people to saying yes or hey, I'm going to hey, I'm going to offer you the free CMA or hey, here's your like here's another one that comes up Agents going on to social media and doing things like, um, hey, everybody, do you have the the best pumpkin pie recipe for Thanksgiving? (laughs) Well, download it here on my website. Like, Look, I'm sorry if you're the person that promotes that and this doesn't bode well for you, but I get that as realtors we need to understand the community and be quote-unquote involved, but... Is is being the person who has the best pumpkin pie recipe like really the fucking game? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like That's not is, it, is it real value? And does it and does it really diminish the, the actual value that we can add? You know? So I guess I guess where I'm going with all this is you've get you get loan officers that say I can add value to the agent by being there. You know? Uh loan officers that say I can add value to the agent by I will call your clients for you. Well, between the two, but I think that's also- I'd rather the loan officer call the client because that does add value to me that saves me time on the follow-up and it gives me an extra point of contact on somebody that I'm going to call anyway. Yeah. But now we're tackling them from two different angles. Yep. Yeah. You being at the open house, they they're not going to be coming in and saying like, "Hey, uh like I get it some people ask about financing very very periodically but in an open house most people are asking about the house and the neighborhood and whatever and you're the loan officer it's, it's not your fucking job to know that shit I,
1: see I I agree with all that and and that's why like you said providing value is you'd rather a loan officer call call the customer and, and attack it from a different angle yeah but and this is why I agree with you but I want to take it one step further though you only do that with a realtor-loan officer relationship after the trust is
0: built. True, true.
1: And that's why I think it's wrong for, you know, if any loan officers out there are listening and I, and for all the realtors that are listening, I feel like the best way to approach having a, um, a referral partner relationship, whether it's loan officers, escrow officers, whoever, actually ask yourself if this is a person that you would like to do business with. But that's, that's my whole point is I don't like to go into open houses and try to be like, oh, we're XYZ Bank. We do 10% down. S- screw all that. Nobody wants to listen to that. Do business with the people that you like. that That's what I'm trying to do. And people that can perform. And, well, of course. I mean, it's uh, I feel like you need to do business with people that – that you like and that perform I guess the perform
0: is a given but uh, yeah, unfortunately correct. I feel like it's not you yeah. know what I mean like it's yeah
1: And you're saying that now and actually let me reiterate that do business with the people that perform that you like because yeah. the the the, so, the one thing is is that that's hard to come by and that's the whole point of how you build a foundational relationship that works
0: Yeah what I was going to tail off on that is that you know as a real estate agent I get calls from maybe three different types of vendors in three different facets of the real estate business every week. At least. At least. And, like, for example, like I'll give you a picture perfect example. Just closed one this past week. ADT called me, the security <laughs> system. Oh, hi, you know, Mr. Off. I was calling because, you know, I'm actually your agent specifically for 123 Sample Street that you just closed with your buyer. And uh, we noticed we had a system in that house and we're wondering if you could give us a warm connection to the person who bought it.
1: Hmm.
0: And my thought is, is I don't know you. Yep. I've never spoken to you before in my life. And I know, like I value my client's privacy. Yeah. And so I literally told the person, I said, you know, for a warm connection, I charge $1,000.
1: I think that's a fair response. How does it benefit me?
0: Right. Uh, So for a warm connection, I charge $1,000, and I'm not going to guarantee an outcome. So I've set the expectation. Yep. Um, You get a lot of agents that jump in, and they say, hey, I found a loan officer that's interested in in, in co-branding, co-marketing. And they co-market, they send out those postcards, and after a year of marketing, they finally get a fucking deal together. Fucking loan officer can't close. Yep. Becomes a big problem. So I try to focus on building relationships that add value without the co-branding or without the, like without any additional expectations. So let me rephrase. And I know you've got something to say. I'm going to let you jump in. Um, My wife won't believe me, but listen for one more minute, babe. I swear he's going to talk in a minute. No, but um, I, I like... I literally tell people, I'm going to give you three referrals or two referrals or one one person I recommend you talk to. And by the way, I want you to know, I don't do any joint marketing with anybody. I have zero financial ties to anybody I'm going to refer you to. I only refer based on performance and value. Yeah. And I think when you start doing that, you know, the takeaway approach is one thing. When you start telling people, like, hey, I know you're used to the real estate agent that partners with the lender. <laughs> I don't partner with anybody. I just happen to have a great relationship with, you know, John Doe, who's really fucking good at his job. And they've never failed me. And I want to put you in touch with them because I know they could close. And I think your personalities match well.
1: See, that, but that makes sense. And not only does it make sense, but that's really smart. Sure. Because it's also releasing liability to you as far sure. as, like you said, you're setting the expectation properly out the gate. I'm not tied to John Doe. I think he does a great job. But if he messes up, it doesn't reflect on James. And right. and my point of just simply saying that is there the differentiation between the two definitely is a, a smart play. Because there's a lot of things that can go wrong that you're not in control of, you as the realtor. And and to not co brand is exactly why you don't want to do that.
0: So let's talk on that note. Then let's let's take it a little further down the path of cross qualification. You've got a lot of agents, myself included, who will periodically, depending on the listing and the requirements for the seller and the sensitivity of the situation, say, "Hey, uh, all buyers are required to cross qualify with X Y Z person from A B C lender." Right how how does that work for you as a loan officer and as as another agent or another loan officer does it seem like some bullshit marketing play or is what's your thought on the legitimacy behind getting that person qualified
1: no i i think that's actually a very smart thing to do and the reason being is i'm gonna go off on a tangent yeah do it okay so a lot um let's just use an example here because I just ran into this recently. I have a, a a realtor that I work with um uh top top 1% producer uh first uh first team. He sent me the uh the DU findings on one of their approvals from another lender and okay. said, "Hey Anthony, do you see anything that's fishy?" And I said, "Most of this looks good, but I got to tell you, like this person works at I'm going to use an example, this isn't true. This person works at Bed Bath and Beyond." Okay. And they have a salary
0: of ten. And you can send sample product to yeah, three to, <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> yeah, exactly. Three zero two. No.
1: Um, they had the customer wrote down that their salary was twelve thousand dollars a month. at bed, bath, and beyond. Now, I'm not saying that nobody at, at that company cannot make twelve thousand dollars a month. Sure. However, from a loan officer's side, and I'm speaking up because I want you guys to listen. From a loan officer's side that should raise a red flag because $12,000 salary seems ridiculous. Now, a $5,000 salary with a bonus and overtime, that makes sense. But as loan officers know, you need to have a 2-year history of receiving that oh, yeah. in order to use that as income. Yep. And that's where the skepticism kicked in. And my whole point of saying that is that is what where I said, "Hey, uh, Mr. Agent, who I'm not going to say out over this, is, hey, this is something you probably want to ask the other loan officer about because yeah. it's 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 fine that they make twelve thousand dollars a month. I who am I to judge that income? Sure. But it's it is skeptical to say that it's all salary, right? And, okay, and, and and that's where I'm saying cross qualifying other customers. Um, like you said, if you're a listing agent, agent James. Sure. And somebody gives you that uh, approval, have someone have the cross-qualification because it can save a lot of challenges down the road
0: 20, 21 days into the transaction. But but on that note, I would add when you have someone cross-qualifying, make sure that it's for the right reasons.
1: Yeah. A lot
0: of people do this bullshit to go through the motions, right? "Ah, I'm going to go through the motions. I'm going to cross-qualify with Anthony. And uh, hey, by the way, buddy. Thanks so much for that steak dinner because I put you on one, two, three sample street. You see, right?
1: I no, I agree with that. Yeah. And that's why like, um, you know, going back a little bit earlier is, but having that trust like, Hey James, I know I'm going to be, you know, back with, back on the re raw with you drinking some beers at the end of the day. It's a good, it's a good, uh, approval. I don't need to try to snake this deal. Sure. You know, you're good to go, but that's only when you have the trust.
0: But see, a lot of times what happens is the agent. And we go back and, and and guys, I know we've rambled about this before, but this kind of shit comes up all the time because it's that it literally is that important. It, you know, you put your own best interest in front of the needs and, and wants of your client and you become really, really vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You know, you open yourself, quite frankly, you open yourself to a lawsuit is really what you do. Yeah. But, you know, when you want to talk about bringing somebody on to a deal where you say, hey, I I think everybody should be cross qualified. How many agents? uh, I'm just thinking of this, like shooting from the hip. How many agents do you think actually ask the seller before they post on the MLS and the private remarks to put the comments that say all buyers to be cross qualified from (laughs) by Anthony Pirro at the Big Bad Bank? (laughs) Yeah, at one, you know, call one two three five seven eight nine most people don't ask it don't ask their seller they just put it on there as like a standard practice and like nobody knows about it right mm-hmm. and the 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 prevailing point here is number 1 you need permission from your client to take action because you represent them but number 2 make sure that when you're when you're asking people to cross qualify or you're making the recommendation to your client that they require a buyer to cross qualify that they're doing so with someone that a performs and b is actually protecting the client's best interest and not just jerking you off as the agent with some bullshit relationship to buy you a steak dinner once a quarter. See yeah. I,
1: and I agree with that and that's <clears throat> James to go back that's that's exactly why I say going into open houses and just trying to, you know, schmooze someone to give you business. Those yeah. those practices come from that. And I, mean, and I mean – and I'm and i not trying to general – or I'm not trying to overgeneralize. I'm saying, hey, maybe a lot of loan officers to that – are good loan officers, but – No, like, doing that doesn't mean you're not a good loan officer, but it might not be the best practice. Yeah, and that and that's why going back to what you just said is like, look, if you can do business with someone that you actually trust and know that they're not trying to just tell you bullshit to get you – to say, oh, that pre-approval is wrong. You need to do this just to buy you another steak dinner to get another deal. Yeah. You need to have that trust first. Right. And, and that's why realtors out there, I'm just saying, don't listen to everybody at ABC Lender and ABC Bank. Really understand what it is that this person is wanting to to build and accomplish with you as a realtor because that's, it's all about the trust. As long as it comes down to that, then the cross-qualification becomes a whole different animal.
0: Yeah, and you're totally right. And Anthony, I don't want to, I don't want to cut a good ramble session short, but I'm going to tell you right now, man. Like, I kind of want to leave a hanger on this one. I, uh, I agree. There's I, so I, I, much I we can dive into right I, now. Yeah, like, I do. But I, I want to leave a hanger on this one because I think that there's a big, there's a big conflict of interest. We're probably going to talk for five more minutes before this wraps. So don't, don't push pause and and bullshit your way off of this, this show yet. Like, the deal is this. I think that most agents and most loan officers alike are thinking about what's in it for them instead of does this really benefit the client? Yeah. Like the loan officer that does the lunch and learn. Does it really benefit the agent? Or are you just feeding them bullshit? Because let's be honest, the agent really just wants a free lunch. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like, do you really need to be there at the open house? And if you are going to be there at the open house, do you know enough about the property to actually talk about it? And by the way, Are you even allowed to? Zero. I don't know
1: anything. I I mean, I'm not even licensed to.
0: Right. And so, you know, the big thing is, is put your trust in the people that actually play ball. Stop thinking about how much money the other person is giving you to co-brand. And by the way, if there's any message, any message rather, excuse me, to come from this, it's don't align yourself with people and other businesses vendors or very personal relationships with those vendors that are ultimately going to hold you hostage yeah don't put your business as a real estate agent or a loan officer or a home inspector or whatever excuse me in a position where you're reliant on somebody else performing start relying on just yourself and start relying on your own efforts, mm-hmm. and not and not relying on your own efforts, but hedging a bet on somebody else's to really make you look pretty, to ultimately come through in the end. Mm-hmm. And I think I think if you start relying more on yourself, having the confidence, it's it's a confidence game, is what it is. Oh, absolutely. Do you add enough value on your own? By the way, if the answer to that question is yeah, I don't really know, or oh, I think I do. No, then you don't. Be and confident enough, identify where those gaps are. Shameless plug, if you don't know where those gaps are, I can help identify those with you in a free consultation call. And if you totally suck and you're not worth the uh, the coaching, then we're gonna cut you off anyway. But at least you'll know where your gaps are because I'll give you the free consultation to identify that and see if we're a good fit together. But But seriously, think about where are your shortcomings? Where are they? And what are you missing? And if you're expecting somebody else to fill the hole, then maybe that is your shortcoming. Yep. And you need to be able to fill that yourself. And when you do, you can speak more confidently to your client or to the prospects or the, the folks that walk through the door of your open house. And you can you can be in a better position because you know the market, you know who to refer them to, you know who to send them to, all that stuff. So anyway, walk forward with confidence build relationships don't build dependencies you build dependencies you kind of fuck yourself all right yep so i guess what are we 40 45 i don't know we're we're 40 plus minutes and what do you got closing thoughts let's wrap it
1: i i just would say do business with those you trust because at the 100%. end of the day, that's what builds foundation and that's what builds success.
0: But those you trust, to clarify, you do not trust somebody that you wouldn't refer to your mom and dad. You building building relationships with those you trust. You want to build a referral partner. You better refer your brother and sister, your you know your niece and nephew, your child, your mom and dad, whatever it may be. You better refer those in your immediate circle. If you can't trust the referral with somebody that close, then fuck off.
1: Yep, and because they perform. Because like they said, perform. They, they better perform.
0: And you don't in PS, it doesn't mean somebody's bad as a person yeah. because they can't perform, but in business your job is to protect your client first. Yeah. Part of your job as as someone in this industry in real estate is to make sure that you're not positioning yourself for your next marketing paycheck in the month of July or August or September, Mm -hmm. but you're positioning so that your client can close in May or June, whatever, right? So it doesn't matter if periodically you need to pull away, if I need to say, hey, Anthony, Bro, I fucking hate to tell you this, bro, but <laughs> but like they're gonna go a different direction because this is better for them. By the way, in in closing thoughts, I'm uh I'm going on tangents, but I'm gonna do it anyway. When we first met, and I said this in our I think I said this in our first Rambler interview. Yep. I don't remember which one. But when we first met, I had referred the client to a loan officer that I've been working with for three or four years. And I had just met you through my client's finding. Yep. And the, I mean, he was like, Fuck it, the guy has the best rate. like it's good. And I kept cautioning him that, listen, Anthony sounds a nice guy, but so does everybody when I talked to him on the phone, you know, like the the same old bullshit you'd always say. but you know, it, it doesn't matter how good his rate is if he can't close, like all this stuff, right? All the flags were up, all the guards were up on my part. I didn't know you. Now, in some sense, I would say I did protect my client because I kept disclaimering.
1: You did. And you, were do- and you were doing it for his best interest. I
0: was, but on the reverse side, I probably had my guard up in this case too high because it almost was giving me the stop block, you yeah. know, and sometimes, sometimes a client stumbles on something that is best for them and you need to get over your personal agenda. I just knew for a fact that my loan officer that I had worked with at that time could close. I hadn't worked with you before so I didn't know that. Now guys, but seriously, I mean, I, the the prevailing message here is that align yourself with people that you trust, but align yourself with people that close, align yourself with people that are going to protect your client's best interest, but understand that your solution is not the only solution and sometimes what's best for the client is not what's in your predisposed agenda. Yep. And be willing to to walk away you know and if you have somebody that you know and trust they'll actually understand that mm-hmm. and because they understand that they'll know your client's best interest may be protected by somebody else because they can give a better rate they can close faster they can do whatever it is that they need to do so i'm going to i mean it's the chihuahua was it the chihuahua we I kicked f- the
1: last time I, we rambled
0: I, I fucking hate it i mean we'll we'll keep kicking the chihuahua in another episode but i think we'll stop <laughs> for the moment and what I want you guys to remember as you leave here is basically that rerod is the best. Ever. Pretty much ever, for sure. Now, uh, check out rerod.com If you haven't been there lately, uh, visit the website. The show notes are available at your disposal. You can click on the timestamps; so it'll take you right to that spot in the episode. So check them out. All the tools, tips, tricks, resources available that we discussed in the episodes are there and available. If you haven't listened to a short-form sales meeting, they're a hell of a lot shorter than these fucking rambles. They're 20 minutes or less. We've got agents, industry professionals, and sales influencers from every walk of life that are being interviewed on Wednesdays and on Fridays, of course. Unfortunately, you're you're stuck with Anthony more often than not, but whoops. he's here. Yeah, whoops <laughs> is right. Um, if, you're, if you're with Maker's Mark, uh, <laughs> and yeah, send the uh, no, uh, but guys, listen, when you're out in the field this weekend, remember something. real agents work. You absolutely 100% of the time must be one of them. The responsibility for you to close, for you to obtain clients, for you to earn the business is yours and yours alone. Nobody owes you shit. Get your stuff done. play this game hard and have lots and lots of fun. But do it because you protected your client's best interest and when you do that, we all win, baby. Have a great weekend. And uh, Anthony, thanks for being here, brother. Thanks for having me. We'll probably see you in like five minutes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. See ya. Hey, everyone. It's your host, James from Reraw. Did you know that one of the most important parts of running your real estate business like a business is having a budget, tracking your expenses, and knowing and understanding where your money is actually going? But if you're like me, getting bogged down with the budget can be frustrating and taxing on the time you should be spending generating leads and working with your clients. This is why I use RealtyZam realty Sam is the best accounting software for real estate agents hands down and no joke i've personally used this product for over three years not only do i love it but my cpa thanks me every tax season it works great on the computer or they've got an awesome app that you can download right to your smartphone customize your expense categories store receipts track income and expenses and assign them to specific transactions so you know your actual margins realty Sam is amazing intuitive, and efficient. See your results by category, month, quarter, or annually, and track your progress from year to year. And the best part, not only can I give you a free trial, but when you do start paying for this software, you can actually get it for under $10 a month. And even that is tax deductible. So get your numbers straight and stop letting the accounting be a distraction when you can take it all in stride. Visit rerod.com forward slash zam and get a 30 day free trial, no credit card required. Again, that's reraw.com forward slash zam. That's reraw.com forward slash Z-A-M.